Hey, everybody, welcome to a new year. It's now 2017. It's the first metal misconduct of the year, even though we're taping it still in the year 2016. But we're going to put on our futuristic caps and think what's happening in the future, or we probably won't do any of that, but we'll have fun nonetheless. So I'm Brian Slagle from Metal Blade Records, and as always, we have Sean Rourke from NHL.com. Sean, how are you? Happy New Year, man. Are you hungover in the future? Oh, no, no, you know, I have to work every New Year's, so never hungover. Where is, where is, the, uh, where is the game this year? I always, for, I always forget these things. There's two this year. We're playing On in, New Year's uh, Day, there's two? Uh, no, one on the first, one on the second. We're playing in Toronto on the first to kick off the NHL Centennial Celebration, a year-long uh, celebration of 100 years of NHL hockey. And then the traditional Winter Classic is on the second in St. Louis. Um, the first is a Sunday, and there's uh, we never play on Sundays oh. uh, on the on the first because of football. Got it. So, so that game's at Bush Stadium on the second. Where's the, so is the game at uh, where the Blue Jays play on the first? No, they're playing at uh, the newly expanded uh, Toronto FC soccer uh, pitch. Oh wow! So will there so will there be, be a, awesome. there should be a soccer game sometime before or after that, right? Uh, in yeah, Toronto is still in the playoffs. Oh, wow. So. Oh, crazy. Like, yeah. So you will not be hungover. That's good to know. No, and I'll be in, I'll be in, uh, St. Louis, which is a fine town, but not, uh, quite the same as Toronto. So that means you're not going to Toronto. You're going to St. Louis. No, I'm going to St. Louis. Oh. Are you guys mixing it up? Is like half the people going to Toronto and half to St. Louis or how does that work? Exactly. Exactly. Oh, wow. That's how it's happening. Wow! So, and considering considering I spent pretty much a month in Toronto in September, um, I'm not all that upset to be going to St. Louis. Uh, if it was me, I would be upset going to St. Louis, but that's a whole other story. Yeah, so. well, it's all right. So, uh, anyway, we should welcome our guest this month. We are very happy to have on our airwaves and podcasting networks and whatever else you would describe these things. Uh, Kevin Higgins, who's from. Hockey Saves, which is a phenomenal, amazing organization. And by the end of this podcast, we will hopefully have lots of people going over and paying attention to them. Kevin, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing, Brian? How are you doing, Sean? Doing great. Thanks for joining us. So I, thanks for having me. So I guess I will let, because I will do a terrible job at this, so I will let you let us know exactly what Hockey Saves is and what they do. What we will do is we will get ice time for the service members. We'll get, get them out to live events. And what we're doing now is we're also helping them with uh, career training for their transition out of the military. So service members will come in and they'll volunteer their time with us and it'll help them earn one, earn a military outstanding volunteer service medal. Uh, and it will also give them, experiment experience on their resume and they're doing this all through working on projects that have to do with the sport of hockey but it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to play as long as you know as long as they love the game and they have served they're more than welcome to come in and a lot of guys have never played before and they will come in and they learn how to play the sport and they want to come in and learn more about the organization to be able to help out and work on pro uh, projects as well and we have a office space that's dedicated just to them for that, where they can come in, have a nice, safe work environment, and 
they can start working on the projects that they want to work on or that we have for them to do. Um, for example, we have one of our volunteers, he comes in regularly and he's made a spot for himself volunteering where he just cuts material, uni- uh, old uniform materials that were used by our service members in combat so that we can use them for various uh, awareness items that we do have. So basically what, it, what the organization started out as and what a great part of it is is to provide ice time for veterans or current military personnel who want to go play who wouldn't be able to play, which is amazing. So now also you've got it to where if you don't play, if you, if you just love the sport but you can't play, there's still other stuff that you can do to, to keep yourself busy and be involved in the sport as well. Is that correct? Yes. Um, we started in Columbus, Georgia completely by accident we had a bunch of guys at fort benning that couldn't get ice time and on their own and so donations started coming in for people to buy ice time from there it launched and just completely started by accident and and i mean obviously it's been a it's been a pretty big success what are what are the numbers like now uh we started with about 20 guys and now we have about about 850 is what we have that participate with us in various areas across the nation how many, uh, do you have like chapters or? Uh, yes, we have uh, six different six different cities that we have chapters in, more or less. We have Nashville is our main one. Our office is, our office is here just south of Franklin, or south of Nashville and Franklin, Tennessee. We have also Pittsburgh, Chicago, D.C., and also up in Washington State. We do different things in each state. So here in Nashville, a big one is Ice Time. Just about every weekend, we will have ice time for the troops here in Nashville at in those skate. We're, I mean, we're only three years old; we're still growing. But, but yeah, we we do a, we do different things in each state that we're in as well. So now, also, you guys are. I mean, these guys are legit hockey players because I saw met up with Kevin in Las Vegas a while ago, and you guys were part of a hockey tournament in Las Vegas as hockey saves, and you won the whole tournament. Tell us about that. Um, yeah, the tournament was fun. It was uh, it was a good time. The uh, the team I played on, we had two teams in it. One of them didn't do so well, but the, the team I played on with the guys we had, it, it was such a great group. We actually, we played one team three times in the tournament, and that team has won it like the last four years. But, you know, we went in there, we impressed some people, and we were able to make it fun for everybody that was there. So you can, and, uh, can you divulge you know, what the name of the tournament was? I don't remember exactly the name, but it was an international championship tournament it was all military um and then we did have new special jerseys made which uh had a nice awesome metal blade logo on the back of them so thank you for that brian uh the the guys really did a pre well and girl really appreciated (laughs) uh getting to rock that metal blade logo on the ice in vegas well, you mentioned earlier the guy that cuts out the the uniforms and stuff, and the cool thing about that is the the pat the metal blade patch was on the back, and then behind the patch was actual military stuff from actual military uniforms that were used in combat, basically. Yes, that's correct. And and so all the guys are are military guys, but probably played hockey before they joined the military. Is that kind of what you draw from for those teams? Um, honestly, no. There's there's a whole rainbow of, of people um, and skill levels. So we have guys that may have maybe either in the military still or veterans and have never played before, but they're just so interested with the game and they want to learn. That's the, that's the fun part about it is the guys are so accepting 
of new players that they will actually pull them aside and help help the newer players out with learning the game and giving them tips on what they could do better and where. And, you know, we, we have skill levels from, uh, you know, they want to learn to could have gone pro, but served their country instead. And what's your uh, hockey background? Like, how did you get involved with the sport? I know you started playing fairly young. Um, yeah, I started playing around the time I was four up in Massachusetts where I, where I grew up and, I moved to Minnesota my sophomore year of high school and was playing there and then stopped playing, I want to say about middle of my senior year of high school and then joined the Army. But I got back into playing hockey again when I was in Louisiana, when I was stationed in Louisiana when I was 19. So I only really took about a year off. Trying to find places in the military to play was a little difficult because not every military installation has a ice rink right outside of it. Come on, you mean there's and no so, can, there's know, no there's no Kandahar ice rink? Come on. I wish. I wish there was. But um you know, when we did first start in this whole thing, the uh NHL introduced us first and, and they also they also made our first iconic jerseys that we have, the uh red, white, blue and black Reebok jerseys with the big hockey saves logo on the front. And then the, you know, they, they wrote a couple articles about us as well, which was which was pretty awesome. Yeah, I remember that when when you started and uh, kind of just about how that whole program was starting and and to see where it's gone now from from those kind of humble beginnings. I mean, I I know it's cool to watch from the outside as somebody that was kind of on the ground level. um, That process must be not only exciting, but at times overwhelming. Yes, it it definitely does get overwhelming at times, but at the same time, you know, me personally, I'm getting to do something I love. Not only do I get to help out other service members that I may have served with or served before me, but I'm getting to, I I personally built myself a a position in this organization with a sport that I love as well. Sean, did you notice where he grew up? New England. I I did. I wasn't going to bring it up personally, you know, because I know how much it, uh, us New Englanders anger you at times. No, no, uh, not at all. Not at all. Of course I noticed. Uh, Kevin, in case you don't know, I'm from Rhode Island. Uh, it's a, it's an off-talked-about point on this podcast. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I'm not, uh, I'm not from too far away. I grew up around Framingham, Mass. So, okay. Um, right there in the middle of the state. There seems to be a Been large... Been there many times. seems to be a large amount of, of NHL and hockey players that came from, from Framingham. Like, is there, is there some amazing rink or coach or something in the water there? Uh, I definitely think it's the water, Brian. The, I wouldn't say the rink is the greatest, but it's it's a fun place to play. Yeah, Billy Billy Garen's from there, right? Yeah, Billy Garen. I think Blake Belfay. There, there's a, quite a few that came out of Framingham. Yeah, I think it's all that Friendly's ice cream. It might be. I miss that watermelon roll they used to have. Yeah, yeah. But Friendly's is based right out of there, right? Um, if not Framingham, then. Right there in, uh, right there around the area. It might even be Worcester. Okay, I knew it was right in that area, but uh, yeah, I know Billy grew up there and a couple other guys, and uh, I can remember and playing youth hockey, going up there to play. Um, when when we played travel every once in a while, you'd always run into a good team from there, from all those towns right across that that kind of central part of Massachusetts. Peter T- Peter yeah, Tagliani, Stanley Cup winner with the Penguins. I don't remember also him from Framingham. 
So there you go. You're you're like the fourth most famous person uh, hockey player from from Framingham now. You're just dropping okay, right I'll down the list. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on my Wikipedia page. When you uh, when you were a kid growing up there, was was it still like was pond hockey still a big thing? I know now, you know my my son's like eleven, and I live in Jersey now instead of up there. But it's so rare that uh, you get enough cold days to kind of make that happen. But I know personally as a kid, when I, you know, that's pretty much where I learned how to play hockey, and that's where you learned kind of all the things that that you ended up knowing because you know the coaches just wanted you to you know do the drills that they wanted you to do, so you'd go out on the pond and kind of pretend to be whoever you your guy was was that a big part of uh, your childhood and, and then I, I mean you moved to minnesota that's even better yeah uh grow, growing up in mass we were we were definitely on the pond every i want to say every day after school or every other day after school you know when it was frozen enough and then moving to minnesota every town park has an outdoor rink there in it where they just flood it in the winter time I, I mean growing up for me playing pond hockey was pretty pretty easy to do and it happened all the time and that's a, I mean, I still believe that's the best place to learn for like for Brian out in California. You see the same thing from the kids who play a lot of roller hockey. Like when you see him move over to ice hockey, you can see right away which ones played roller hockey just because of the, the, the skills they have from kind of playing that free form game instead of a very systematic game. It's becoming less and less out here, though, on the West Coast in general, where not so many roller, not so much roller hockey anymore. It's it really is becoming ice hockey. There's so many rinks out and so many teams now that kids can start playing ice hockey. I mean, I have tons of friends of mine whose kids start playing ice hockey at two or three years old, and they play all the way up through. And now you're seeing with you know Austin Matthews and these other you know guys who actually grew up on the West Coast that you know have some some talent. So it's definitely changed a lot. Where it was 15 years ago, 20 years ago, when you started out, well, probably longer than that, probably 25 years ago, it was all roller hockey. But now these kids start playing ice hockey uh, right when they're two or three. Strap the skates on and throw them out. Well, yeah, the culture's changed a little bit, with, especially with the success that the Kings have had and the way they do their program out there. Um, but... You know, if you just want to, if you just want to pick up and play, uh, that's still usually your best option. Is because you can't, unfortunately, you can't just go to the rink and play whenever you want. If you could, that would be the best thing in the world. I know we need to. It needs to be colder out here. So now, if you listen to this podcast, you know that we not only talk about metal. I mean, sports. But we also talk about metal, more importantly. So if somebody's on this program, clearly they're not just here about the hockey, but they're also here about the metal. And Kevin is a huge metalhead as well, correct? That is right, Brian. Very, very correct. And not only that, so but you were like, like an in, added bonus this month. Of course. And he was in metal bands as well. Yeah, I was, uh, I won't disclose the name of the, the band I was in because it was a joke band and, and it's probably not appropriate. So we'll, we'll leave that aside. But I, I was a front man in a, in a joke death metal grindcore band in high school. But it's more for fun. You weren't like, I mean, you love the music. It wasn't like you were doing it because you didn't, didn't like the music. You were just doing some satire. Right. So, I mean, we, we did a uh, Mary Had a Little Lamb cover, but we also did some serious stuff. So, you know, we, we did some Dead to Fall covers as well, which, I mean, it was fun. It was fun while it went on. And uh, it was definitely a thing I tried to, to combine with sports as well. So especially hockey, because I think I was telling you about it. In, when we were in Vegas, Brian, you know, being eight years old and having Metallica garaging blasting in the locker room with a bunch of eight-year-olds right before a hockey game, and, and some of the parents coming in and 
having this look on their face like what are these kids listening to they're eight <laughs> was that was that something that you guys just found on your own or was the coach into it too or how did that all come about uh the coach was kind of all right with it because it was me and my my buddy jason um and, and jason was the coach's kid but my uncle and my stepdad really got me into metal at a young age because i'd go out snow plowing with my uncle and he'd play uh you know megadeth and um Iron Maiden and Metallica and anything you can think about. He'd play it in the truck while we were out plowing. And that was actually one of the first albums he bought me was Garage Inc. by Metallica. And we were sitting there listening to it in the locker room before every game. The coach okayed it because me and Jason hung out a lot. And that was the music we listened to all the time. Now, were you ever in like a real serious band as well? No, I never was in a real serious band. Did, did no, you know, I have, I, I got a bunch of friends that are still in a couple of them, but I just liked it, liked it more for the music and being able to joke around with it and have fun with it as well, too. Did you have aspirations to be in like a real band or was it more just, uh, I'm just going to do this for fun? I mean, yeah, I, I did it. I did it for a little bit. Um, I, I did fill in for a couple of bands as a, for uh, vocals, but I just, it just seemed like it was, I don't know how to explain it. It's just sometimes you get too many too many creative minds together, and it just it doesn't work out where you want to stick around those people and then trying new bands. It's it could have been something good to go with, but at the same time, I'm happy with the path I chose. Now, were you drawn were you drawn to be a vocalist, or was it just that you couldn't play any instruments, or uh, like some people are just they're born to be lead singers. Like that's what they enjoy. And some people kind of fall into it. What, what, which camp were you from? It was a little bit of both. Um, you know, I was always interested in drums, tried teaching myself a little bit of drums off the bat. Um, wasn't too hot at it, but I taught myself how to play bass. I was pretty good with the bass. And then it got to a point where they said, Oh, you're a really good death metal, you know, hardcore type vocalist you want to come fill in for us and you know was able to scream and squeal just the way they liked it and it just kind of clicked now we talk about was there anybody you kind sorry was there anybody you kind of patented yourself after i really i really liked uh vince from the acacia strain he was he was a guy i kind of tried to go after mitch uh mitch locker from suicide silence was another one and then uh What's his name? Alex from Atreyu. I, I, you know, I tried to keep it around there and tried to give it a, you know, a, a range. It, you know, everybody has their own sound, no matter who you try to model yourself after. Yeah. Now the, the Casey stream was like a local band for you, right? Aren't they right from that same area? Yeah. I think they're from Springfield, um, Springfield mass or well, Chicopee Springfield, yeah. but you know, they've kind of always been one of my favorites. Um, Another another good one that's always kind of been one of my favorites is uh, Job for Cowboy. Like I've uh, I've gotten to see them a couple of times. Uh, like it sounds of the underground. I think I they played one year in Minnesota when I was there, so that was a good one. And they've always kind of been a favorite of mine. Go for all the easy listening stuff, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, no, and, and it came up in conversation the other day too. Is it's not always the heavy stuff. You know, I'll listen to I can tolerate all music or I appreciate all sorts of music. It's just uh. Like uh, one of the other bands I'm really into right now, or have been for a while, is a day to remember. You know, they're they're a little softer, a little, you know, more pop punky. It's not always the heavy, heavy stuff. 
You know, we talk about gateway bands a lot of times with everybody that's on here. And you mentioned earlier that you got turned on to metal with, you know, Megadeth and Maiden and Metallica. So those were, I guess, kind of the gateway bands. But what, what, how did you start discovering the heavier stuff, the more, you know, growly vocal sort of thing? I would say Job for a Cowboy was definitely one of the first ones that I heard that was like that. From there, I went on to like Whitechapel. Uh, like bands like that or Wings of Plague I heard a few times and I was like oh wow this music is it is definitely the way to go and actually one of the the very very first ones I ever heard that was heavier was um, Merciful Fate and they were on uh, I want to say it was like a Metal Equals Life compilation CD and I saw one of their videos like that was on the dvd with it and i was just completely turned on right there between that and then uh another one that was the exact same was uh was behemoth because they they were on that same one and they had conquer or conquer all on there and, and those really turned me on to like the heavier heavier music that i do listen to so brian you're you're pretty much responsible single-handedly for uh for his entry into heavy music congratulations only a couple only a couple it's all right it's quite all right. So now you're, uh, so you're in Tennessee. So I guess you still get to see a lot of those bands come through. But when you were when you were out on on deployment or, or in you know or, or out in in one of the <clears throat> the forts and stuff, did were metal bands coming by and 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 do you ever see any of those at like a, a just a, a show for the troops or anything like that? Um, yeah, actually, not even overseas. But I saw um, in August of this year. There was one that came through at Fort Bliss. It was um, All That Remains came through Fort Bliss when I was there in Texas and El Paso. So, I mean, I got to see that show. I'm, a lot of the ones overseas, I didn't really get to see see a heavier metal band where I was at. When when those shows do come, are, are they similar to when they're on the bases? Are they, are they, they similar to when you see them, uh, I guess, in civilian life, or or are they different? No, they're a little different. You know, you don't get as much of the, the pushing around and the moshing as much. You, you know, you do get the, the crazy yelling fans and crowd surfing, but, but it's more of a low-key guys are there to hear the music and, and escape more than act crazy like they're at a normal show. And obviously a lot of the people who go do these, these tours, it's because it's a lot easier than having you know, a whole band do it. Or, you know, comedians or actors, you know, we've got... Jim Florentine and Don Jameson on our label, who both have done several tours over for the troops. Like of all the shows that you saw when you were stationed either overseas or somewhere else, was there one that you thought like, Oh, that was really cool. You saw somebody that you didn't know before as a comedian or somebody that was, that was cool. Jim Brewer. There you go. By far. And I, you know, I was even a fan of him just back with his acting before his music even really got big. Nice. And obviously he did stand ups. I would imagine. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure he did stand up for that one, and I, you know, he did like more when he was starting his music stuff a little more, and he did a couple of things on his own. You know, he he's awesome. I've kind of always liked what he's done, even even back to like half baked. <laughs> of course. Yeah, he's a great guy, and yeah, he does tons and tons of that stuff. And I'll, I'll plug his album. He's got a record out called Songs from the Garage. So as soon as you're done listening to this podcast, go listen to it, stream it, buy it, do whatever. Thank you. Public service announcement for this show. <clears throat> yes. So, Kevin, what do, you, what do you do in the military? What's your, what's your MOS? 
I am a cavalry scout in the army. So job is to basically do reconnaissance and submarine for everybody else that's behind me. And is that all helicopter based? Uh, no, mostly on foot, uh, sometimes in vehicles, but very, very rarely in a helicopter. So now if people want to support Hockey Saves, what's the best way for them to go about that? Um, the best way would be on the website. And the website is www.hockeysaves.us. On there, they'll get to see everything. And there is also a, a donate page. There's a way for people to sign up as well if they are in the military. And there's also a volunteer link on there, too, to show people how to get involved and volunteer. Now, do you is have... There, is there a civilian... I'm sorry. Is there a civilian element to it, or is it all military? Um, yes, yeah, sir. There is a small civilian element to it to where they can participate. So we have civilians that come in and volunteer all the time, and, and it gets them out to participate with the troops as well, because they'll get involved, they'll get to meet the troops, and they'll get to you know, get friendly with them. And then some of them as well, if they donate, we actually also invite them to come and skate with the troops in one of their pickup skates we have. Yeah, I think the civilian's uh, job here is to donate to the charity so that they can get ice time. And in addition to that, I'll talk to you off air about this. But uh, if anybody out there has uh, is in charge of a rink or running a rink that has ice time available... Another really great way to, to, to donate is just to give the ice time. Like I said, if you're managing a rink or you have a rink, a local rink you know has some extra ice time. If you could give these guys a couple of hours, it doesn't matter where you are, they'll find people to come play. That would be, that would be a really great thing to do, too. Do you have people that, that do that in any of the local areas where you're, they just, you get the ice time directly from whoever's running the rinks? Uh, never, actually. We use the funds that we have to go and purchase the ice time and the actually the only time it happened was in atlanta at the cooler ice rink which is uh really in alfreda but it's in the atlanta area well like i said i think i may have an opportunity for you but we'll talk off air about that but that's another great way you either donate to the charity or like i said even if you have ice time or if you're somehow associated with a local rink or anything to get ice time that's the the big key for these guys to be able to get out on the ice and play and that obviously people know what how difficult it is and we all have a immense appreciation for what you guys do so anything we can do to help you and certainly getting out on the ice and playing some hockey is i'm sure as you can attest a great way to forget about uh, all the other crazy stuff you guys got to do yeah, def- definitely, and it and it's a huge stress reliever for these guys as well. Um, when you when you speak of donations, do you also take equipment donations or no? Yeah, we do, and then you know we'll give those donate the donated equipment to the troops that really are more starting out and need the equipment more yeah. on a loan basis. Yeah, because I'm sure there's a ton of people who have played in the past that, you know, everybody has equipment in their basement or, you know, their their older kids have outgrown it or whatever. And again, it's an ideal way to kind of pay it forward a little bit. We don't really deal with the youth equipment, but the other equipment, definitely. Yeah, what's the age range of guys who are are playing? Really, 18 to 100. To 100? Wait, what? Well, we don't actually have any hundred-year-olds. That was that was more of an exaggeration. <laughs> I was going to say, wow, that would be pretty you know, impressive. It, 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 if they can still skate and their heart's beating good enough for them to play, then our our rule is if if you served, you served, and you're welcome to come on. Age doesn't matter. 
I thought you had another story for me there with the hundred year old hockey player. <laughs> no, I, uh, I wish maybe we will see that one day though. That would be amazing. Being based in Nashville, are you a Predators fan now? No, it's okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I'll never get a, I'll never stop being a fan of the black and gold, the real black and gold, not that Tony <laughs> Pittsburgh stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say, Sean, you should know. Once you once you grew up in New England, you don't give up your your sports teams. No, usually you don't. When you do, you have to come by it very honestly and, and after lots of soul searching. Um, <laughs> but I've given up very little of, as you know, through many conversations on this podcast. I've given up very little of uh, of my New Englandom. I don't know anybody that grew up in New England that ever gave up their sports teams. That just doesn't happen. No, I, I've never done that either. It, it is nice it, even being here because, you know, the military comes from all over, so you see guys that are fans from all different teams. Well, I was going to ask you about that. So obviously, you know, you're playing with a bunch of different guys or you're serving with a bunch of different guys from all over the place. You know, there's a lot of guys who are from Pittsburgh who are probably huge Penguins fans. How do you guys get along out there? Penalty box, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do that if you're on the battlefield? Like, okay, you go over there, and I'm going to go over this way. No, I mean, in the in those situations, those uh, those differences kind of get pushed to the side until afterwards, you know? Good. So, in the course of covering hockey for over 20 years now, I've seen a lot of, like, uh, firemen versus uh, policemen games. Like, here in New York City, they do that every year. Um, it's usually good for headline in the post because there's some sort of ruckus at every game, if not an all-out riot. And uh, is that what the, at times the military games end up being like because of because of the rivalries you have with other branches and even within your own branch? No, not really. It's uh, it's more more all love and hugs. I mean, you'll play a team rough out there, and then as soon as the game's over, you're sitting there shaking their hand, having a good time, having a beer, you know. Good. Good to also, see everybody getting along. Should be. Yes. Now, uh, what are you listening to lately in terms of metal? Ooh, in terms of metal, what I'm listening to lately, I got um, I got some Amon Marth queued up for the way home, and then uh, I'm I'm thinking about putting some Mother Feather on after that. It just it depends on how the playlist goes. Those ones, and then I got uh, I got some Boldy Cook kill, uh, queued up. I know it's not quite metal, but I've been kind of getting into them a little bit. I'm thinking like. Maybe some Black Dahlia murder for tomorrow on the way in. All good. And we support Volbeater. Yep, Volbeat is good. They're, Michael is a huge King Diamond fan, and he had King Diamond on a Grammy-nominated song on one of their records. And Rob Caggiano is a good friend of mine, so uh, he's the guitar player in Volbeat. So Volbeat is all good. That's Metal Misconduct approved. You're good there. I, okay, I just awesome. like that you plan out your music ahead of time. <laughs> I, you know, I got to do something with my spare time to make myself get through traffic in Nashville. Well, it's not like but traffic you in LA. tomorrow morning's playlist picked out. That's fantastic. I, I'm pretty good about what I want to listen to the next day. So, uh, it, you know, it could change. It could be a lot more Whitechapel and a lot less Rollbeat. It just kind of depends on how the day's going. It's good to That's map awesome. these things out ahead of time. Yeah, I kind of I kind of plan my music with my shirts. I'll, I'll pick out my clothes for the next day, and then I'll have my playlist all set to go. There you go. Now again, <clears throat> go to hockeysaves.us. You can find out all sorts of ways you can give there. And uh, again, I'm going to appeal to anybody out there that's got a connection with a rink. If you got some ice time, these guys would absolutely love some ice time. So you can help out that way as well. And you also are on all the other social media platforms too, right? Uh, Twitter, Instagram. 
what are your hashtags and addresses yeah. there? So we're on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Facebook for for uh, for starters. But Twitter and Instagram, our handle is at hockey underscore saves. Uh, for Facebook, it's facebook.com slash hockey dot saves. We also have uh, Vine. We're also on Periscope. So we have multiple social media outlets that can be found. No Snapchat yet? Uh, no Snapchat yet, but you know what? We'll, we'll see for the future. Well, hi- but more importantly, Brian, <clears throat> did you notice the underscore? Yeah, I know. I know. <clears throat> I'm not happy about that, but, you know. I wonder, do you know who has the who has hockey saves at all those at Instagram and Twitter? No, I I don't know who has it. I like it the way it is, though. Uh, oh, all right. You, you, you like the underscores. All right. All right. Well, I'm See, not... it must be a New England thing, Brian. Uh, apparently Kevin, so. Gives, this, is, <laughs> this is a little bit of an inside metal misconduct joke. Every time we sign off and we give our, our uh, Twitter handles, he tells me to change mine because I have an underscore. Well, at least hockey oh. underscores. <laughs> at least hockey underscore saves is easy to remember. Yours is like a letter and then an underscore and then your name. Uh, it's just confusing. But anyway. So I will I will say that hockey underscore saves is a good thing, and you should all visit them and give them as much uh, as much as you can because it's a phenomenal organization, and we cannot thank you enough for number one starting and 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 working on this thing because it's a, I think it's an incredible incredible thing you're doing, and also of course all of us thank you tremendously for your service because we would probably not be sitting here talking if it wasn't for you and um, all the people out there that do the great work. Awesome. Thanks. Hey, and real quick, can I give, uh, give a couple of shout outs before, uh, you guys sign off? Of course you can. All right. And we haven't mentioned her the whole show, but I do want to put a big shout out to Jax because without her, none of this would be possible. And, uh, she's definitely been the rock of this whole thing for the past three and a half years. Yeah. She's awesome. Um, so she is, she is first and foremost who I want to say hi to and give a shout out to. She's also a, a great hockey player as well. Nice. And a New York Rangers fan, but we can let that slide. <laughs> she should be happy right now. They're looking pretty good. Yeah, apparently she thinks that she taught him that. So, <laughs> I mean, we'll see. And then uh, left, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. And then uh, just, just so you guys see it, it's going to be Florida, Tampa, Montreal, Pittsburgh, Philly. I'll give the Rangers, the Bruins, and the Islanders in the East. That's who's going to the playoffs. I don't know about the Islanders at this point. I, I picked them to go as well, but I, they, they need to get rid of that coach pretty quickly here. Hopefully by the time you guys are listening to this, they have, there's a new coach for the Islanders. Oh, yeah. And then uh, can, can I also say thank you to, uh, to Damien from uh, Player Safety? Of course. Damien, that's uh, Yep, that's him. Uh, that's I just wanted to, say, I wanted to say thanks to him as well because he's been a great guy for us as, in a big help as well. Absolutely. So yeah, many no, people. He's, he's a great guy. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I'll shout out Jim McClure, who works for the Howard Stern Show, and he was the one that actually turned me on to the Hockey Saves people as well. So mm-hmm. I, I got to thank him because uh, it's uh, a lot of good people, and obviously it's, it's just kind of random. Like he told me about it, and I was like, oh, that's a really great idea. So I got in, you know, involved yep. and, and spent some money, and then I found out that there's a whole bunch of metalheads involved in this organization. Like, ah, even better. It's even, even more perfect. Yep, and, and Jim, Jim was one of the first that got all of this set up and got it to be able to launch to where we we're at right now. 
Well, a lot of great people doing a lot of great work. And again, you guys can go to hoggysaves.us and get all the information. Follow them on all their social media platforms. Go see now. Are your games obviously the tournament that you did in Vegas w- was open to the public. When you guys play, is it is uh, do you do more tournament stuff? Are you planning on doing more traveling to tournaments? And you know, can people come see you guys play if they're uh, if they're in Nashville or wherever they are? Yeah, actually, um, hold on, I got uh, somebody that can chime in on that real quick. Hey, hey, it's Jax. Hey, Jax. Um, I'm glad you. Hey, hey, thank you so much for everything, both of you. Um, I'm glad you asked about that. Um, I mean, certainly tournaments and ice time in that are, is extremely important, but uh, one of the things that we have coming up is the transition period. It's probably one of the more difficult times uh, in the military because you're you know, going from Mars to Venus to Earth to you know, and back again. So um, we are looking uh a little more into having them work on projects, teaching them a little bit of workforce skills, getting them a little bit of work experience, you know, something on the resumes, uh, maybe other than battle. By doing that, that will create additional ice time tournaments. Um, Our tournaments that we do have uh, a great need for people to manage that, organize it, and what's good is we can actually teach our service members how to do that. So the more that we include them on the learning uh, about how to build that experience, the more we can have those experiences as well. That's why it's kind of like we're teaching the fishermen how to fish. You know, so that's why it's evolving into this amazing, amazing project. And I don't think people realize that, Sure, ice time is fantastic, but we also want to make sure that we're including them on how to build a future with it, too, if they would like to. If they would like to. Cool, awesome. So another way to donate, you can just donate your time to help these guys do it, it almost do anything, really. It, you, you can, yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, volunteering your time is um, probably time is our most precious commodity because no matter how much money you have, you can't buy it back. One of the other things is... Uh, Having the ability, having a, a safe working environment for them it was one of our prime uh, priorities. And it took a while for us to put it together because uh, Kevin and I literally, it, it came, when I tell you, we came from nowhere. I mean, we used to have to find a Starbucks or a McDonald's that we could sit there and, and work. And we would have to order like a, a buy one, get one free French fry. You know, so that we could sit there all day and they wouldn't kick us out because we couldn't really afford to go anywhere else. And so we were building it and building it. And now um, it's it's amazing from where we started. Now we have a dedicated area for them. And, the, you know, the, the service members, both active duty and about to transition um, to been out for a little while. You know, we're able to put them on projects and we have an area for them to work on and we don't have to send them you know, out to wherever they can find free Wi-Fi. <laughs> so, um, and we have everything set up for them and we have the projects that they can work on. And even today, um, I received, it's probably one of our biggest compliments is um, when one of the soldiers reaches out to us and says, hey, do you mind if I use Hockey Saves as a reference? You know, from transitioning out and I have this amazing job, do you mind if I put you on, uh, on my resume? That is such a compliment to us you know, into what we're doing here. And it's such a compliment to the people like you and Jim McClure and all the other, all the other folks who, you know, you don't ever get a chance to see or meet or hear about that supported this. 
So the ice time is, I, I think, uh, the candy to it all. And the hockey is the candy. And the fact that um, NHL was really one of the first ones to help us get the word out. And it was for President's Weekend for Hockey Across America. That was our, how we were introduced to the world. So that was, it, you, you can't top it. You really can't. Yeah, like I said, you guys are doing phenomenal, phenomenal work. And keep it up. It's getting bigger and bigger. Absolutely. <clears throat> cool. Well, thanks. We'll keep checking in on you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sean, Sean should write an article now. Well, we, we have, as, as they mentioned, that Kyle Pachevsky wrote the original article. I still remember it. And uh, with hockey across America coming up again, and uh, a month after everybody hears this, I'm sure it's something that we'll look to revisit as well. Oh, you have to. We um, it's, it's phenomenal. And um, we've actually had people reach out to us and say, you know, what are some updates? What do you, um, how are you guys doing? It's, it's like a bragging ride every single day. You know, we never have the same day twice. I mean, even down to um, the the jerseys, uh, everything that you see, even our, our business cards and everything, it's the service members themselves that they design everything and we bring it to life. And the jerseys are, that's just a group of, a bunch of them will get together. We put in all sorts of ideas on what they want to do with it. And then we uh, make it and bring it to life. And pretty soon, that particular jersey will be a collector's item because we're going on to the next idea, which was a group of another group of soldiers that came up with another idea that they want to use. So over time, we hope to have these jerseys that they did, that they made turn into collector's items for them, and they can turn around and say, you know what, I was part of that. I helped build that particular jersey, and we're using their ACU digital camo, which is um, now considered the older camo because that is the uh, camo of their era of when we started. So um, all the guys took their uh, uniforms that they wore while deployed and then they, you know, stunk them up to high heaven and we loved it. The stinkier, the better. So we took it, we ripped it up, we turned it into all sorts of things, bracelets, jersey material, hats, patches, you name it. Um, so everybody that has a little uh, some of that, they don't realize how it started out. And we took pictures of how it started out, which was probably someone's top pants or otherwise. And um, you're now wearing it, so you have a piece of them for you know forever, really. That's awesome stuff. That's an awesome tribute. Thanks again for everything. This yeah. is really good stuff. And again, HockeySaves.us yeah. and all the social media platforms. Follow them and uh, keep up to date with everything that they're doing. And like like we say, keep up what you're doing. You guys are doing phenomenal stuff. Yeah. And to all those other folks with underscores, welcome to the family. Let's get together. (laughs) (laughs) It's the the underscores. Ryan, maybe you're the one who should change. No, no. (laughs) It's good that you guys have a family thing going on. That's that's fun. I, I approve that. I approve that. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> well, good luck in good luck in 2017. Hopefully, it's your best year yet. Oh yeah. Thanks, John. Thank yeah. Thanks so much. We're done. We'll see you guys next next month. And uh, see ya. <laughs>